Life moves quickly. Contemplative Tuesday podcast invites you to slow down, take a deep breath, contemplate the Word of God, and prayerfully reflect. I am your host, Lauren Becker, serving as Associate Dean for Spiritual Formation at Gordon College in Wenham, Massachusetts. In this season of Contemplative Tuesday podcast, I'll share reflections from my own journey with God. I come to Him broken, burdened, and grieving. He meets me as healer, redeemer, and comforter. He brings me out of the darkness and into the light, forms beauty from my brokenness, and will do the same in you. Join me, and together, we'll ask God to search us, guide us, and reveal himself to us. The profound truth and mystery is that as we gaze upon him, we will be made like him. Let's find ourselves in the God who makes all things new. Job 37.14 Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Job 32.8 But it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. Ironing is not a frequent practice for me. I tend to wait until I have a whole pile of freshly washed, wrinkly garments, and then I take time for the task. I iron dress shirts, and I iron pajama pants. Ironing pajama pants is quirky, I know. But I relish how wonderful it feels to be in crisply pressed cotton, fibers softened with wear, releasing the scent of my favorite laundry detergent, reminiscent of sunshine and gardenia blended with childhood. It's wonderful. A few days ago, I was at the task, this time appreciating the clicking and bubbling and steaming of my solid German iron as I attempted to obliterate every wrinkle from a pinstriped button-down shirt. I shimmied the right shoulder onto the tapered side of the ironing board realizing the simple yet thoughtful design of such a tool. I remembered my father, a United States Navy-trained ironer, teaching me the proper way to smooth a dress shirt, fitting each section onto the corresponding angle of the board. He was proud to teach me, and I was eager to learn. Something about that thought prompted another, one that hasn't come to me in decades, At some point in grade school, I was given a writing assignment. The prompt was to describe the process of a routine task. I chose ironing. I remember the creative flow of ideas which came to me. I recall hoping excellence in this paper would redeem my grade in the class. I know I was delighted in the writing and of the finished product. I wish I still had that paper and could read it. Sadly, it is only filed away in my memory, 
alongside the response my paper elicited from my teacher. The grade I received was terrible. So bad, in fact, I was asked to rewrite it. Apparently, I hadn't followed the instructions, which was all the more painful, considering the actual prompt had been to write a set of instructions. I had waxed poetic over the joy of ironing and the feeling of satisfaction the task could elicit. I assured my reader that if he would let himself sink deep into the sensory experience of ironing, transcendence would assuredly result. Yet, my teacher had intended for my work to resemble what one might read from the unfolded paper that falls out of the box when unpackaging a brand new iron. Instructions for Operation My childhood self was disappointed, not in my grade or in my teacher's response. Those I understood. Likely, I was disappointed in needing to redo my work, and with such a boring approach. But more so, I was disappointed in myself. Over and over and over, my daydreaming had resulted in missed information which then snowballed into progressively more uncomfortable consequences. It seemed somewhere within me was a black hole where important information would disappear, never to be found. This felt like a catastrophic deficit, and over the years caused me frustration, confusion, and self-doubt. Recently, I heard a friend describe herself as one whose primary worldview is to notice what is missing. The words notice and missing seemed to me to bring balance to one another. The words also brought me to a conclusion. Who is to say what is a deficit? I imagine if you're missing something, surely you're noticing something else. Were the contents of my inner black hole more valuable than the contents of my daydreams? Somehow, I doubt it. As I ironed and evaluated my ways of being and the consequences thereof, I appreciated me, imperfect though I am. I don't desire to remain inattentive to voices of those around me, though I do appreciate the beauty and where I find my attention. I want to do the necessary work of rightly placing the moments when I allow my imagination to take me away. Ironing seems an appropriate time. My husband finds holy mind wandering within the movement of his body. His inner sanctum is found on a long run, when building something, or when working in a yard. 
Can we trust our minds in these moments? Is God guiding us in this practice I call holy mind-wandering? When we let our thoughts tendril outward, will they take us to a sacred place? I place these questions before the Lord. It is His evaluation, correction, and validation I desire. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Reflection. Know that God is present with you. Ask him to still your soul and make himself known to you. As you reflect, simply notice. Reserve judgment. Release yourself from the pressure of understanding why. Feel free to pause, allowing as much time as you need. What are some personal attributes you feel set you apart from others? In what ways do you feel inept? Do you have a place or an activity in which you hear God speak most clearly? Are there simple moments in your day where you could allow space for holy mind-wandering? Invite God to reveal himself as you notice.
Contemplation God sees you, knows you, and loves you. As you contemplate his word, ask that he would transform you. I'll read Psalm 139, 1-18, slowly and line by line. Go over this passage of scripture as often as you need until it becomes your prayer. Psalm 139, 1-18 You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you.
benediction. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting.